0: Quick reminder, the host of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning and everything related to your money. This is Mike Frost, and today on the podcast, we'll be re- reviewing a variety of current topics. But first, welcome to the podcast, David, our CEO and founder. Hey, Mike. Glad to be here. Excited, here. About, uh, excited about today's podcast. We're well, glad you're here, David. And also, as always, we have Natalie, our producer and marketing director. Hi, Natalie.
0: Hello. This should be a good one.
1: All of our podcasts are good ones. This is actually episode number 14. Okay, so last week we did talk about being displaced and we've had a lot of comments on that. If you have any questions, comments, or you want to know more information on it, please respond to this podcast. Natalie's going to give us some information here in a little bit on how to respond to us, uh, but ask questions, share them with us, go to our website, give us a phone call. Natalie, where else can they submit questions for us?
0: So yes, good question, Mike. If you go to our website, you can go to our podcast tab, and there is a link there that to a type form where you can submit questions, or you can easily just email podcast at mock financial.com.
1: Fantastic. Uh, we got all this social media stuff up and running, and Natalie does a great job of keeping us up to date on all that. All right, so today, uh, David, we're going to be talking about some current events, things going on in the news today. And uh like last weekend, we heard President Trump, he signed off on a executive order for a stimulus bill since Congress can't get their act together, the president went ahead and did it. So, David, how do you see that working out?
2: Well, um it is interesting from a uh, I I do enjoy talking politics sometimes. Uh but the political angle of this is really interesting to me because, uh, as we all know, if you follow the news, the the uh, coronavirus stimulus bill was coming to an end. And that bill, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, I
1: believe it was providing $600 a week. It was $600 extra per week for anyone that's on unemployment, plus they get the state unemployment. Yeah. So in actuality, some folks were actually making more money. Than they were when they were employed, and what some employers were finding once they opened their businesses back up, it was hard to get people to come back to work. Yeah, so it was creating negative incentives,
2: right, for for people to stay home because, natural, if you make more money staying at home, why would you go back to work? So, um, so anyway, that that stimulus bill was coming to an end, but yet uh, there's still a lot of businesses out there that are that are struggling and. Um, and so there's still a lot of unemployed people. So rather than having all that income just go to zero, the Trump
1: administration was trying to push for another kind of a second round of stimulus, right? There were a lot of folks wanting to uh, continue the $600. Uh, Trump and the the Republican Party was wanting to do something less than that. And again, Congress hadn't come together. So the president said, okay, I'll sign this off. And what he signed off on was an extra Three hundred dollars a month from the federal government, and he committed the states to an extra hundred dollars, so a total of four hundred dollars extra uh, per week. And I said per month, but it's per week. But again, only three hundred from the Fed and a hundred from the state, and the states may or may not bite on that.
2: Yeah. So uh, the good thing about this bill, I think, is number one, it, it reduces the uh, the benefit from the $600 a week to $300 a week from the feds. Again, that helps to incentivize people a little bit more to go back to work, but without completely cutting them off. The political angle of this that I referred to earlier that I think is interesting is um, the Democrats were, were kind of stonewalling the proposal and weren't, um, uh, weren't allowing it to go forward. So Trump basically signed an executive order to authorize it. And so sure enough, the Democrats didn't want to be in a position of of blocking uh, that executive order because then the, the president would have a pretty political, uh, powerful political tool to be able to say, well, I tried to give you $300 a week, but the Democrats just wouldn't let me. So now, so basically Trump called their bluff and uh, now the Democrats, Chuck, Chuck and Nancy, Chuck uh, Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are now coming back and uh, wanting to be in on the deal. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting.
1: And what this has done when the $600 a week ended at the end of July, what, employment as we saw today the employment numbers came out and it's unemployment less than a million yes numbers less the first time since this all started just this
2: just this morning initial unemployment claims were like nine hundred and sixty four thousand i believe was the number which is the first time it's been under a million in five months so again very very encouraging signs for the economy that you know the economy continues to add add jobs and we continue to slowly recover from uh, the coronavirus.
1: And they attribute a lot of that directly to this reduction or elimination of that extra $600 a week. And so people now weren't getting it. And now they want to go back and get to work. And now those folks that had jobs and need to be filled, they're filling those. Which when you have high un- high employment, it's great for the economy, absolutely, and, and we see that in the stock market, I absolutely. Mean, the S and P has gone up forty six percent since the March low, up forty six percent. That is crazy.
2: Yeah the the market's just been doing good, and and I I believe it's a testament to the economic policies that the Trump administration has been following for some time. When you get government out of the economy, you unleash the growth of the economy. As the economy grows and businesses grow, they add more employees. As you add more employees, you've got a larger tax paying base. So counterintuitively, what a lot of people don't seem to understand is that as you cut taxes, you tend to actually generate more tax revenues because of a larger tax base. So another thing that I find interesting on that note is that one of the proposals is to cut the uh, payroll tax.
1: Yeah, That's part of the executive order. Again, it's not a done deal, but the, what, what he plans to do is suspend the collection of payroll taxes, your FICA taxes for anyone making under a hundred thousand dollars from now till the end of the year. Again, it's not a done deal, but it is in his executive order. Yeah. Okay. And another part of his executive order was to extend the benefit to student loans. Meaning if you have a government backed student loan, you do not have to make any payments through the end of the year. That was part of this uh, stimulus package. Now, what that does not include though, if you have a student loans is if you have a private student loan, if you have a private student loan, you still need to make those payments. But if you have a government backed Student loan, which is about 40 million borrowers, you do not have to necessarily make any payments and there will be no interest accrued through the end of the year. So, David, if you had a student loan, what would you recommend a student doing if they have one of these government-backed student loans?
2: Well, since you're not accruing any interest until, what did you say, the end of the year, Mike? Correct. Uh, If you're not accruing any interest and if you have a job and you've got uh, the cash flow to be able to do it, I'd recommend you be paying that thing down as fast as possible
1: absolutely. If you've got that loan, there's no interest and you can pay that thing down and maybe never have to pay interest again. If you can get it all paid off this year, that would be fantastic. Completely out of debt. All right. So let's talk about the stock market. We've hit on just a little bit. We're we're getting close, close to all time highs. I mean, as of this recording, the market is up, was up yesterday and, and getting very, very near to that all time high. So what, what's, what's causing that day? We're in the middle of a pandemic. People are out of work. Uh, so how can the market be going up? We're in this kind of situation. Yeah,
2: we get this question a lot uh, here lately from from clients and prospective clients. What I believe the reason is, well, number one, it, definitely you've seen some support for the markets by the Fed. Uh, the Fed, obviously, the federal government came through with a $6 trillion stimulus package in the middle of COVID, which, um, you know, kept the economy afloat. But what I also really believe is a key factor here is the economy was in such strong position before we went, before COVID hit us, that it's allowed um, those businesses that were thriving before COVID hit, they, they then received that support from the government to keep their businesses going for a period of time. And now, People are starting to get out and about, you know, they're starting to come out of their uh, bunker, so to speak, and get back out there. And so the economy seems to be, you know, basically picking up from where it left off, more or less.
1: And David, it's true that the stock market, the stock prices, the stock pickers, the people buying stock, they're looking forward. They're yes. not looking backwards. Absolutely. So they're expecting the the market, the economy to do better going forward. And CNBC, along with SurveyMonkey, did a survey of small businesses, small business owners in Main Street America. And 64% of them feel like the, in the coming year, their revenues will increase. That's small businesses.
2: That's right. And so naturally, if you've got... Uh, if you've got businesses that you know, for example, I myself am a small business owner, so we are constantly tracking our expected future revenues, and so that that confidence of of having the confidence that your business is going to grow in the future allows you to have the confidence to spend more today. And at the end of the day, the U.S. economy is a consumer spending-driven economy, so as long as People have confidence that their businesses are going to grow. They're going to be out there spending. That spending keeps the economy growing. That growth in the economy keeps the market going up.
1: So, Dave, would you say you think the worst is over? Uh, we've got all these people that it looks like unemployment is dropping. Uh, small businesses feels like things are going to get better. The stock market is getting close to an all-time high. So would you say that our worst is behind us?
2: You can never say that. Look, there's always been and there always will be uncertainties in the market. You know, back in the Cold War, we always lived under this threat of a uh, nuclear annihilation. And then, you know, then it became terrorism after 9/11 and was there going to be another terrorist attack? And now it's now it's COVID. Those are you know, those are just some big three items that I can think of. But the point is, there's always been uncertainty with life there always will be uncertainty with life so is there ever going to be a time where we can say okay well we're safe now no um so no i don't know what the next thing is that's going to happen we don't know if there's going to be a resurgence of this virus in the fall we don't know how the fall elections are going to go and we certainly don't know i mean think about it who who could have possibly predicted covid coming out of china no one you know that so who knows what the other unanticipated risk is that's still out there?
1: And if we were sitting here in December at Christmas of this past year, and if anybody would have said, "Hey, in March you're going to have this pandemic and the stock market's going to drop 30% in 22 days," we would probably all laughed at them. Yeah. And, and but here we are, and now the market is back. So you bring up a good point about the elections. So there's another variable we're going to throw in there. So what do you tell people that are looking to invest their money, get ready for retirement or in retirement? What are these elections going to do?
2: Yeah, that's been a common question, too. In fact, we've had some people wondering, should I pull all my money out of the market? Because what if, you know, the candidate that I'm not in favor of, uh, what, what if the candidate that I'm not in favor of wins? You know, what's that going to do to the economy? Uh, and maybe if I'm afraid of that, maybe I should pull all my money out of the market. We would not advise that. We, the way we approach investing is we always stay hedged. Hedging is like buying an insurance policy. Just like you always have an insurance policy on your house. You wouldn't think of only going out and buying a homeowner's insurance policy. If you see a tornado or a fire approaching by then it's too late. So that's why you always have your home insured. So that if If disaster strikes, you're not going to lose everything. You're going to have some loss, obviously, if your house burned down, but you're not going to lose everything because you're insured. Same way in the market. We always want to stay hedged so that no matter what ends up happening, we're going to be mostly protected.
1: So for our listeners that may not have heard hedge or what that means is, I mean, that's how our investment strategies that, that we recommend, we do have our clients hedge. They're protected on the downside. And if they come in and they want to talk to us, we give them some concrete examples of how that's worked out through this pandemic. So for uh, someone that's in that situation, like, okay, you know, here comes the election, got COVID. All right, so David, you're saying hedge. So what are some other concrete things people could be thinking about doing right now if they're concerned about this election?
2: So uh, great question, Mike. Uh, A lot of people that we talk to are concerned that taxes may be going up, especially if a certain party wins the coming election.
1: Well, I think one of those parties said taxes will go up. Yeah, that's correct.
2: So they're already indicating what their plan is. So if you've got a lot of money that are in tax deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks, um, you might want to consider converting that to Roth before taxes go up.
1: And the benefit of a Roth is we pay the taxes now when we know what the tax rate is. While taxes are low. Low, and, and we already know on current law, the taxes are going up in 2026. So right now, taxes are on sale. I call them they're on rollback. But they're on sale now. So it, it, if it works for you, it doesn't work for everybody. So you need to talk with someone like us and let's look at that and make a plan. But if it is, now would be a window of time potentially to do some Roth conversions.
2: That's right. And to kind of uh, give a little more color to what you just said, you're correct. The According to the tax code, tax rates are scheduled to automatically go up in 2026, but there is no guarantee that they won't go up prior to that, correct? That is correct. Congress can do whatever they do. But that's right. So, again, if the election goes a certain direction and – I mean, we'll just say it because they've they've said it themselves If the Democrat Party wins, they're going to raise taxes. They've already they've already telegraphed that. So you might want to consider doing Roth conversions if uh, if the Democrats win.
1: So if you're concerned about the elections and if you're concerned about covid, I mean, we talked about Roth conversions. We've talked about hedging your investments. So you're protected on the downside. There's another one that we do a lot of here at Mach One, and that's that's fixed indexed annuities. So David, wh- how do they help out in a, a market like this? Yeah, good question. It,
2: uh, all a fixed. Think of a fixed indexed annuity as like a like a CD replacement or a bond replacement. It's gonna make you let's say six to maybe seven percent interest in a market that's rising. In a market that's falling, you don't lose anything. You don't make anything in a down market, but you don't lose anything. Well, we know markets aren't going to go up every year, so you're not going to average six or seven percent. Markets aren't going to go down every year year either, so you're not going to average zero. Realistically, what I've seen in 15 years here at Mach 1 is about a four and a half percent per year average. Some some people will be a little less than that. Some people will be a little more than that. But about a four to four and a half percent per year average is realistic to expect from that type of product.
1: A fixed indexed annuity. Now, and one of the features of those is if the market does like it did this year, and you've got, we'll use some round numbers. If you've got $100,000 in a fixed indexed annuity and the market drops 30%, what happens to that fixed index annuity? It would make
2: 0% in that environment, right? Because if the market goes down, it doesn't lose anything, it doesn't lose any of its, not only is it not losing any principal, it doesn't lose any of the previous interest that had already been credited. So each year it credits interest once per year on the anniversary date and the, those interest credits are locked in. So if you have a, a down market the subsequent year, not only can you not lose your principal, but you also cannot lose the interest that's been credited.
1: So the products we use then, once we get to a high water mark. So if I put a hundred thousand in, and now it's hundred and ten, and the market drops thirty percent, I still have a hundred and ten thousand.
2: Yep, that's correct.
1: And so it's a really a no lose situation in that way. The only way that it goes down is if you take money out of it. Correct. So if people are looking for a quote safe place to put money and don't worry about the market. Uh, that would be another option. So we've Correct. talked about hedging. We've talked about uh, maybe Roth conversions, maybe looking at fixed index annuities. So there's options out there for people that are concerned, you know, if the election doesn't go the way they like it, or if this COVID comes back and it gets even worse this winter, there there are options you can take to protect your nest egg, protect your retirement assets. Absolutely. All right. So um, anything else that you think of right now with this crazy world we're living in, stock market going crazy unemployment coming down, still uncertainty about the elections, anything else our listeners should be thinking about or should be doing at this point? Um, If
2: you have a mortgage and if you're paying more than about, oh, as a rule of thumb, more than about three and a half to four percent, you might want to investigate the possibility of refinancing because again in response to this crisis the fed cut rates to darn near zero almost zero yeah um and so that creates a unique environment where it may make a lot of sense to look at refinancing i myself i'll just tell you i was paying about 3.75 percent interest on a 30-year mortgage i had 25 years left on it I just refinanced, I'm closing on it this week, actually just refinanced at 2.25% on a 15 year. So I'm knocking 10 years off of my mortgage through the refi. My monthly payment is going up just a little bit, but not much, but I'm knocking 10 years off of my mortgage and a ton of interest off of it.
1: That's incredible because I'm going to date myself. My first house when I purchased it in 1983, before Natalie was born, um, 14% 14 percent interest and now we're doing 2.2 so and I'm glad you led into that Dave, because we're going to potentially have a, a guest speaker on here to talk about mortgages reverse mortgages uh, things like that that may some of our listeners may be interested in so that's a very good point the the interest rates are an all-time low I mean 2.2 percent who would have ever thought it would get that low fantastic okay anything else you can think of David that's all I can think of for today. All right. Well, we've given you some highlights for today. If you have any questions, Natalie, tell them again how they can ask us questions or get in touch with us.
0: Yes. It, to get in touch with us, I would highly recommend that you sign up for our newsletter. If you go to our website, mock one das-1financial.com and you scroll all the way down to our footer, you can sign up for our newsletter and that is the best way to stay connected to Mock One. We uh, not only just these put out these weekly podcasts, we have economic updates that come out monthly. We have so many upcoming events. We have school coming starting in september we have our client barbecue for all of our clients and those that are local we have um a Samaritan feet golf tournament that we're presenting sponsor at um, but if you sign up for our newsletter that is the best way to stay connected but if you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast just email podcast at mock-one financial.com
1: thank you natalie and again if you have any questions you can always just pick up the phone give us a call here at 479-876-2100 All right. Well, thanks for all of you for joining us today. We always like to end with the thought of the day. And I think this one's appropriate for the times we're living in. The difference between school and life. In school, you're taught a lesson and then given a test. In life, you're given a test that teaches you a lesson. By Tom Bodette, an American author. Folks, thanks again for joining us. We look forward to you joining us again here on the Mach 1 Market Moment.
0: Mock 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit wwwmock one slash disclosures.